And now for something purposely positive. to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. So today on Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, we're going to be talking about some of the five biggest fears. Now, you might be surprised to know that one of the biggest fears that people have is fear of public speaking. The technical term for that is glossophobia. And fear of public speaking is actually a very common phobia. And it's actually believed that up to 75% of the population have this fear. That's a great amount of people. In fact, there's a lot of people, if you ask them uh, if they'd rather skydive or speak in front of a large group, they would take the skydive, which really surprises me. Now, I have never had a fear of public speaking since I was a kid. You know, and going to school, I would stand in front of groups, no problem. So it was hard for me to understand this. But some people, they might feel a slight nervousness at just the thought. And others actually have this full-on panic. And they try to avoid public speaking situations at all costs. So today... We're going to talk about how to overcome this fear. Now, I have a very special friend on the show that I like to call Nat, because in the field of public speaking, she is an avenger against that fear of public speaking. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Natasha. How are you today, Natasha? I'm doing great. Hi, Tony. Hi. So what do you know about public speaking and how did you get to learn these things in your life? Well, I know a lot about public speaking because I have been doing it for 13 years professionally. But of course, I started long time before that because when I fell in love with public speaking, I would say, or when I understood the power of public speaking, I was 17 years old when I first stood in front of the big audience as a valedictorian in my class when I was graduating from high school and I was giving a speech to all the parents and all the teachers and the graduates and I saw their faces and I saw the sparks in their eyes and I felt the power of being there on the stage and sharing my message and even though of course it's scary and you get nervous but still that feeling is worth it when you are there on the stage and you know that you can share a message and people can take action after that. So that's when I fell in love with it. I understood that that's what I wanted to do. And I started seeking opportunities 13 years ago. I started teaching public speaking and being a business trainer. And that's how I count my experience from 13 years ago. Wow. So yeah, you've been definitely doing it for a long time. And it's certainly something that you do with, with purpose. That is your, uh, your purpose to teach this. I think that's great. So, so tell, um, tell us more about you, Tasha, as a person. Where did you grow up? And just and, and what is your actual the name of your business? Mm-hmm. Well, I was born in Russia, in Murmansk, actually. That's very close to Norway and Finland, up there in the north. 
And when I was 12, I moved to Ukraine because my parents actually are originally from Ukraine. And this is the place that I love the most probably. And this is, this is my home. And I own a business in the United States that I've had for almost five years already. I started together with some of my partners, investors. And I travel all over the world to speak and teach and run marathons because <laughs> I'm also a marathoner. So you can say that I started with Russian being my first language, but now actually English is my first language. It's, it's how I think, this is how I dream, mainly in English because I read and I speak and I watch and consume information in English. That's why it's much easier for me to generate, to produce information in English as well. Even though of course I still can speak Russian and Ukrainian fluently, but I, how, how did I get into teaching public speaking and into being a speaker? I would say when I started my business, that was almost five years ago in March, it would be five years ago. I first just wanted to teach English because I have been teaching English for 20 years. So it was my experience. I'm now, now moving away from it because it's not as much interesting for me as it used to be. And when I created my business, I thought that I would be teaching English to the Chinese students because I wanted to get into Chinese market. And it turned out to be a super difficult market to penetrate because they live in a totally different cyberspace. You might know that they don't really have Facebook. They don't have Google. They don't have access to Twitter and Instagram and our social media. They use Baidu instead of Google. They use WeChat instead of Facebook. They have Weibo instead of whatever our Instagram maybe everybody knows TikTok that's what used to be very popular in China but but some of the things are still very very different and it was super hard to reach the audience there that's why I switched back to our cyberspace and I started teaching more of personal development courses and presentation skills was the one that I decided to focus on recently because of the demand, because I see that there are so many people that really need presentation skills. They need public speaking. There's, there's a message inside of everybody. And I want people to be able to get that message out into the world. I want people to speak up, to, to really talk and say what's on their mind and not regret it later when they wish wanted people, to say something. I wish people yeah. could actually see you on this podcast because just the excitement and the energy that you put forth when you talk about that message and saying that people have this message inside of them and you want to teach them to be able to tell that message, to speak that message. And that is just beautiful. I, I just think that's, that's inspirational. So mm -hmm. how would you go about taking somebody who is a little bit nervous or let's even cut to the chase, someone who's even scared to death of getting up in front of someone or even going on Zoom or some other platform and speaking mm -hmm. in public, how would you tell somebody, how would they get over that fear? Well, I can share a few tips with you, how to overcome the fear of public speaking. And the first very important tip will be the, the most important one, I would say. It'll be the deal breaker. It'll be, so first of all, everybody you guys we need to shift the focus from ourselves into the audience whenever you're speaking and it doesn't matter if you're standing on the stage in front of an audience or if you're speaking into the camera you are on zoom or on, on your phone and you're going live and you don't even see who's listening to you it doesn't matter because in your head in your mind you have to focus on those people that you are speaking to so you have to know specifically who is the audience who are they even have a 
a, a face or a picture in mind who that person is. Just think about one specific person that you think might be listening to you, who is your ideal audience, ideal client or ideal listener. And when you shift this focus from yourself, then you will stop worrying about other people's opinion, about failing too much, but oh, how do I look? How do I sound? Because this is the main problem, why people don't take action, why people are afraid, why people have a fear of failure. It's because they think too much about themselves. We think too much about ourselves and we've got to stop doing it. Stop focusing on other people. People get depressed, people get upset because they focus on themselves and their own problems. Just stop that. Start focusing on, on other people. And see right now I'm looking into the camera again. I'm so used to looking into the camera and not even into yourself, even though people don't see me. But yes, think about people, about the audience. And then when you think about them, then you will forget about yourself, about your own problems, about your own potential failures. And then you will not be nervous about it. You will not be worried. Because if, if those people are in front of you, if you care about them, if you're passionate about your message, if you're passionate about giving them this message, then that's what will be in your head. And you will not have time to think about yourself. You'll not have time to be nervous about it. So think about your people. Think about your audience. Absolutely. And I, I like that because right now we're doing this stuff on Zoom and a lot of these platforms like this. But one of the things that I find difficult is looking at myself in the camera because you're not seeing the people in front of you. Because I think when you see someone directly in front of you, you can feed off that energy. And when we're just looking at ourselves, it's like, oh, and then we'll look oh, one, one hair that's out of place. <laughs> or something that we'll focus on and it'll distract us from our, our message. Do you have any tips for overcoming that? One, if you are on Zoom, if you are on your phone, you're speaking, you're going live, don't look at yourself. That's actually one of the tips that I usually give when I teach people how to be on camera, how to create videos. You're not supposed to look at yourself because people will see it. They will see where your eyes are directed. You have to look into the camera, into that little dot on your phone or on your computer. Of course, if you keep looking at yourself, you will start changing your hair or, or forget about yourself. You're not seeing yourself. You are not looking. If you need, cover yourself with something, but you have to look into the camera. Don't get distracted by your looks, by whatever is there on you that you can see hair or clothes or face expressions or something you're supposed to look at yourself watch your videos your recordings when you are preparing when you're learning when you're increasing self-awareness then i always say to all my clients and all my students record yourself watch yourself even turn off the sound but just watch your movements your face expressions so that you know so that you improve your self-awareness basically so you understand yourself and you know what you need to improve and then also do the opposite. Listen to yourself without the sound. But if you are speaking to your audience already, you're live or you're on Zoom or you're on the stage, you shouldn't see yourself or you should not look at yourself. Think about your audience. That's, that was tip number one. And number two, there's something super important that I've got, I, I need you to remember. Your audience are on your side. People are on your side, those who are listening to you. Just think about yourself. Remember when you were listening to somebody and you see them make a mistake or forget something or really fail. Even sometimes when we watch movies and we see people get into that kind of embarrassing situation, it feels awkward. It feels weird and we cringe. 
just remember oh, yeah. i always do i know a lot of people do right we, we feel this it's like oh mm. it's like you don't even want to see it you want to close your eyes so why would your audience want you to fail they don't want you to fail they are listening to you whether they came to listen to your speeches and they actually paid money or they're just listening to you on the video or on camera whatever they don't want you to fail they don't want to cringe they want you to succeed they are on your side they started listening to you because they want to learn something or they want to be inspired that's why definitely they don't want you to fail they are on your side and when you get this into your head then you will forget about the fear of public speaking that's interesting well when you mentioned about your audience wants you to succeed and they don't want you to fail it did remind me of an experience that i had early on in life i actually tried to do stand-up comedy at one time one time and I have to tell you, that was probably from a point of public speaking and being in front of people, that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done because you've got people in this crowd going, all right, you better be funny now. <laughs> and, you know, that was the impression that I got. So when you have a group of people who are coming to hear you for what you have to say, I think what you said is totally true. They definitely want you to succeed because they want to learn something from you. They want to go away from this experience in a positive way. So I think if we focus on that, I think that that's a great tip. I, I really like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Stand-up comedy. I always almost envied those people who could do it and do it really well, because I think that there's so much power in making other people laugh. If you made them laugh, then you can tell them whatever you want and they're yours basically. But it's really, really hard to, to make them sincerely laugh and enjoy. That's why it's such an art. I yes, think. it definitely is. You have people out there like, like our, well, the late Robin Williams, who was just a genius in front of this. Uh, and we share the same personality type. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Myers-Briggs. There are several personality types. I am what they call an ENFP, and that's my I'm personality ENFJ. type. I was going to say, you are probably an ENFJ because yeah. your organization is much better than mine. I'm more of like the surfer dude. I like get up and kind of do, and even in this, this interview, uh, when I do my podcast interviews, you know, I have a few notes, but I don't stick to a script. I just kind of wing it because that's mm -hmm. an ENFP and ENFJ is going to, you know, you have your, your talking points right there. You know what you're going to say, and you've probably committed all this to memory because you're an organized person, but, uh, but the ENFP, Robin Williams and uh, who else? Um, Robert Downey Jr. are both ENFPs. Are, so, oh, wow. yes. So, um, yeah, well, Oprah, Oprah is ENFJ. There you <laughs> go. I think Obama is ENFJ also. Okay, Bar so, 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 you're, so you're in good company then, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes, speaking about organization, you said that I have it all in my head. Yes, I definitely do. But right now also I have my points because these are the points that I have from all my lives and many, many different trainings and workshops and interviews that I do. And when you ask me about the fear of public speaking, I'm like, okay, so where are my points for fear of public speaking? I am organized, I have them in my head, but I've got to have them. And, and actually, this is one of the tips that I always say for if you have a fear of public speaking, if you get nervous, have your points and have them in front of you, make a plan because yes. you will be nervous if you don't know what to talk about. Then of course, you'll be afraid to fail, but you cannot fail if you plan, if you prepare, and then you have those points in front of you. I have them in front of me, of me. whenever I'm teaching, whenever I am on live, 
my my phone or with a camera there and then my points are right below right below. so i will glance i would not read but i would glance there and that really helps to be more confident mm -hmm. What I like to do is open up a Word document on my screen, and I use that to cover up my face sometimes so I don't get tempted to look at myself. Then, So it looks like I'm looking at at the, at the camera, but I'm actually reading some of the points. So, yeah, yeah, so, I, do, so I do that once in a while. Yep, so that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and I love how, uh, for those, um, you know, you're just listening to this, Natasha actually pulled out this little, it looked like a little post-it note with her notes on it, and it was great because, yeah. I mean, that's, that's all you need. You don't need any fancy uh, PowerPoint production sitting in front of you that you can read off of, I mean, or a teleprompter, but uh, just something with your notes on it. I like that. That's a good tip. Mm -hmm. So we've got number one, number two. And now what's number three? Well, this was actually number four, the one that I told you. Oh, oh, oh you're skipping plan. around. I skipped okay. it around because you started speaking about organization and there you go. There I you have go. my points. I do have my points, not just in my head. Of course, I have all of this information in my head because I have been teaching it for years and years, for more than a decade, but still I've got to have it organized in my head too. So the, the number three, basically the one we go back is ha have this speech or this message as a conversation or look at it as a conversation with your friends. So you always need to speak to your audience, not with some kind of memorized phrases and sentences, because that would be robotic and people will really feel it. Right. Whenever I listen to somebody's speech, I can tell if they memorized it and then they are producing it for us from their memory, because you can even see it sometimes in their eyes that they're like looking up and trying to remember. And then it's so, so well written. When you speak to your friends, that's not how you speak. And whenever you give a speech or a message, you're on the stage or you are on camera, feel it, make it into a conversation. And remember that you're just talking to your friends. And even if you don't know those people, you're standing in front of an audience and you're seeing them for the first time, still imagine that they're your friends. That's great. Yeah, because your friends, again, like you said earlier, they want, they want you to succeed. They mm -hmm. want you to do well. And I like also looking upon public speaking as a conversation with those people who are in front of you. And that's great. Absolutely. Just like we're having a conversation now and it's just very natural. Mm -hmm. so I think kind of great. a public speaking, but it's sure. a conversation. And it has to be like this when you go on the stage and you're talking to them, you have an important message and you have people sitting in front of you. Think of them as your friends and you've got something super important or useful to tell them or motivational or inspirational. Even when you are selling something, still it's very important because you've got to believe in your product. So you're selling them something that they really need, you hope and you believe. So right. give it to them with passion and have it as a conversation. Tell them how important it is, whatever you are sharing with them. So when it's, it's a talk, it's a conversation, not just a speech or some, some lecture, then it yes. would be a completely different feeling. I, I remember being in school and you had some of those professors that would read things and it would be just so dry and there would be no passion, no conversation in it. It's just reading. So today, students, we are going to talk about physics and how physics works in your daily life. And it's like, all right, you're ready to fall asleep right yes. there. Yeah. Yep. So, Absolutely. So, and by the way, this brings us to the last tip, which is energy. Energy. The last tip just right, it was, it's, it's perfect from what you said, 
that those people, those lecturers, professors, or some speakers, they can make you fall asleep. They can really put you to sleep right there in the audience. But if you create energy in yourself, that will help you be more confident, not be afraid, not have the fear of public speaking, and be enthusiastic, be more passionate and energetic. So how do we create energy? You know, Tony Robbins always says, move your body, movement creates energy. And that's what I do. I literally do. I just jump up and down on, in one spot before I speak. I do that when I go live, even when I'm outside and I need to go live when I'm standing in front of my light ring and my camera in my office and I need to give a little speech or presentation. Yeah, I just jump. I need to move my body so that I create energy inside of me. And then fear goes away. You calm yourself and you can produce a great speech. And I like that because if you expediate some of that energy, that will help you to rid yourself of the nervous energy that you already have by jumping around or by moving quickly or standing up or doing jumping jacks or push-ups. Mm -hmm. I like to do push-ups myself. <laughs> That's my mm -hmm. thing. So I'll Well, just I don't like do to be on the ground because it's, <laughs> why would I? I'm, I'm at the office, so I don't want to touch the ground with my hands oh, true, or anything. true. Yeah, but I'm just standing and I'm just, I'm just jump, jumping yeah. jacks. Yeah, that's perfect. And when you said nervous energy, well, that's how you channel your nervous energy into the right kind of energy that will help you be passionate and enthusiastic because that is the key of the success of every speaker's success is to have that passion, to have that energy. How do you do that? Channel your nervous energy into it and use it. Great, exactly. Well, I'm going to transition a little bit because I think I, the people might want to know a little bit more about you. So I'm going to ask you a couple of uh, questions and we'll come back and I'll, you can summarize these five points again before the end. So if they haven't written them down and I'm encouraging everybody, write this stuff down, be involved with this. If you really want to get over that fear, these tips are just phenomenal. So Natasha, let me ask you, what makes you inspired to be your best, uh, best self? My mission, my goals, my why my dreams get me inspired and sometimes if I don't think about it or I forget about it a little bit then I find people who inspire me I listen to speakers to my mentors to courses I read books and that inspires me usually one of my I think it was Bill Hybels who said every leader needs to know what inspires Yes. For her. We should not seek for somebody to inspire us. We should know what inspires and we should always go to that source of inspiration. That's why I know that, of course, my purpose, my mission and my why is my biggest inspiration. But still, you know, we all have different days, not the best days. And then I know when I don't feel really inspired, I will always go to the source of inspiration. I'll go and watch some videos. I will get a new course. Or I will open the course that I watched before and I will watch it again. Or I will read a book. I know who inspires me and I know what inspires me. And I will, will always go back to it. Always go back to it. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's that's beautiful. So what's the most important thing, most important lesson maybe you've learned in your life so far? There are so many lessons. If I say the most important one is I can't do it myself. I think it was the lesson from two years ago that I wrote because, you know, at the end of the year, a lot of us <laughs> write down lessons from the year or something that we 
took, learned. So one of the lessons was, I can't do it by myself. I need people. And the phrase was, people need people. I understood that I need to be able to ask for help. And it's good to knock, seek, ask. Like in the Bible, it says, seek, seek and you will find, knock and the doors will be open. And I actually saw that in my life so many times. And specifically, I think it was actually last year when that was the lesson is when I was asking for help and I got it and it skyrocketed everything that I did. It, it fast forwarded my my goals, achievement of my goals and my success. And then I just asked for, I asked for a discount and I got it, but I wouldn't have gotten if I hadn't asked it. I asked for the access to a specific conference, which I would not have. So, so people gave me help, gave me access, gave me more information. And I understood how important that is not to do things by myself. That's yeah, but to definitely. have other people not, around me. Have people around, not do things by yourself. And just again, that will also give you energy being around people and especially positive people. And one of the things that we have mm-hmm. here, we call this the purposely positive podcast. So I'm curious when you hear that phrase, purposely positive, what does being purposely positive mean to you? Purposely positive, it means to me not waiting to be positive, not waiting for something good to happen, but to choose to be positive, to choose to be optimistic. I understand that, yes, I am an optimist by nature, but still I choose to look at the better, brighter side of things and people and future. And I think that everybody can change their disposition or their worldviews and start looking at the brighter side. I think it's changeable. That's why I think it's purposely positive. So you can have it as your purpose, being on purpose positive. Exactly. And again, that's why I'm out there. I'm doing this because one of my missions is to change people's lives, but to just bring that positive content out there because there's just so much negativity in this world. I mean, right now here, you know, in the United States, we've got this election thing going on as I'm recording this, there's just so much back and forth negativity and hatred. And I just want to bring something positive to the world. So I think your message of getting out there and telling people what their message is and sharing that and not being afraid of speaking in public. I think that's just a beautiful message. And I think, you know, we need to shout that from the rooftops as they say, yeah, that's, that's just beautiful. So, you know, before we wrap things up, I'm going to give you another chance to summarize those five points, but I have one more question and it's kind of a little deep question, but if you could have dinner with three people dead or alive, whoever they are, who would you pick? and maybe why interesting okay well first let me summarize okay let's let's do that let's summarize first and then come Mm -hmm. back yes so five tips that i was sharing with you is first focus not on yourself but on other people shift the focus from yourself stop worrying about your own problems or how you look or whether you would fail or not second remember that audience is on your side Third, remember that you're talking to friends. It's a conversation. It's not just a speech or a message. Fourth, make a plan, have an outline. It should give you more confidence and help you remember and not forget things. And then five, energy. Create energy, move your body, 
and use channel your nervous energy into enthusiasm and passion so that you deliver the best speech. Those are fabulous. I I just love those. Uh, Before you answer that question, how would people out there listening find you if they wanted to learn more and maybe uh, take a course from you or work one-on-one with you? Where, Where do they find you? NatashaBazilevich.com is my website and Natasha Bazilevich, the same spelling. It's my Facebook and I'm mostly active on Facebook. I'm Nat Bazilevich on Instagram, but I'm active on Facebook and people can join my group where they can learn for free how to be a powerful speaker and get my free course also. People can get it for free, even though it's others people, other people buy it. But if you actually get to me personally, I can send it to you for free. Uh, That's great. Just reach out. Now, and the Strive to Thrive Facebook group, I will also leave the links to all this so that you guys can can communicate with Natasha and get more information. So now uh, I'm going to come back to that question, uh, give you a little bit of time to think about that. Three people (laughs) dead or alive who you would just want to sit and have dinner with. You know, if I thought longer about that, maybe I would say more. Somebody, I would just say right now, when you said three, I will tell you three people who I have written down on a piece of paper on my desk, because a long time ago, I thought about my mentor's board, or I read it somewhere, I saw it, I can't remember where, but the, the virtual board of mentors. So there was an, an advice, create a virtual board of mentors. So these are people who I don't know personally, but I would love to teach me and I am learning from them already virtually and I am applying everything that they teach. So three names that I have written there is the first one is Jesus. The second one is Tony Robbins. And the third one is Mary Forleo. So, so I guess then the answer to your question would be the same. These would that be three people that I would want to have dinner with. That's that definitely my dream. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know Mary Forleo, uh, but I've, I'm definitely familiar with Jesus and Tony Robbins, because those are two people in uh, what I call my woo-woo mastermind. And what that <laughs> is, uh, is if you read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, he recommends that you have oh, an he imag- recommended it, of course. Yes. Yeah, he recommends a, uh, a group of imaginary uh, yeah. people who are, you know, real, obviously, mm-hmm. dead or alive, who you can put in your mastermind group. And I have this. And sometimes at night when I lay down in bed, I imagine this mastermind group meeting together. And it's, uh, it's actually quite interesting because they actually get into discussions and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Mm. So is there anything uh, today before we close up? Any questions maybe I didn't ask you that you would like to answer before we close? I can't think of any specific well, that means I did a good job. Wow. You that's did good. a great job. <laughs> Thank you. And, and so did you. This has been an absolute pleasure. And I hope the people listening will reach out to you because I think you definitely have a message and a gift out there. I want to thank you so much for sitting down and, and talking to me today. I know where you live and where I live, there's, there's a big time difference. So we had to work this out so that we could do this interview where one of us isn't uh, either getting out of bed or up very late. So this worked out great. Maybe we'll have you on again to uh, talk about other things. But Natasha, it's been a pleasure. Again, I want to thank you uh, for being on the show today. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure for me too. 
Well, the Purposely Positive Podcast is brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com. This is where your greatest success is right in front of you. So I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope you'll tune in next week as we go over another one of the five biggest fears. And which one will that be? Will it be fear of death, fear of intimacy, fear of heights, or fear of rejection? Tune in next week and find out. Have a great day.